I'm Steve Smith and I'm a co-founder and CEO of Mentalk. This podcast is proudly sponsored by Baxi, who have partnered with us to tackle the stigma around men's mental health. Baxi is proud to have manufactured in the UK for over 150 years. Their high-efficiency boilers come with industry-leading warranties, straightforward to install, maintain, and of course use. And it's all backed up by Baxi customer support and obviously genuine parts. Baxi also offer installers well-respected product training, award-winning loyalty scheme, and not only are they committed to men's mental health, they're committed to making life with Baxi as easy as possible. Sit back and enjoy the podcast. If you're a man and you're struggling, then please search for Men Talk. It's just three normal chaps addressing everyday stigmas in men's mental health. This is Troy Hawk telling you that the greatest strength lies in revealing your vulnerability, you silly bugger. Get onto it. So today is um, 15th of June, 2020. It's an important day for me. It's my dad's birthday. Three days ago was the anniversary of my dad's death. Um, this was my my anniversary of my dad's death. Twenty eight years this year. Um, still, still a tough time for me um, around my dad's anniversary and his birthday. Um, some of you may think it's been nearly 30 years, have you not got over it yet? Well, for me, the answer is not really, no. Um, 28 years ago, I was 10. Um, I remember playing out with my brother, who was at the top of the street, Pinfall Lane, um, where he was brought up. Playing out, it was a sunny day. Been out on my bike. Uh, me and my brother had gelled our hair up, uh, gelled it back, slick like my dad used to wear his hair. Um, I remember one of the kids from the, down the bottom of the road coming up um, and telling me, saying, Your mum's asked for you to come back, uh, your dad's not very well. I remember walking into the house. Um, I walked upstairs. My mum was sitting on the edge of the bed in the bedroom. Me and my brother walked in, and I asked my mum, and I said, "What's up, mum?" She said, "Your dad's not very well." Um, I remember walking into the bathroom and asking my dad, who sat on the side of the bath with his arm on the. Uh, the edge of the on the basin um, and I remember going in and saying you alright dad do you want do you want me to get you an ambulance my mum said you alright and he said no I'm alright son so I walked back into the bedroom and I said to my mum my dad said he's alright and just as I turned round he come walking into the room and I watched him just turn grey watched him turn grey and I just watched him collapse in front of me. 
and they just slumped up against the bedside table, just grey and just... Just sitting lying there with his eyes open and I just froze. I was so scared. I just I just froze. I didn't know what to do. I felt wet myself. And then I ran off. I ran off up the street. My brother was trying to resuscitate him found the ambulance and I just I don't know what happened to me I remember sitting there in the house afterwards sitting there with the ambulance that was working on him upstairs trying to keep him alive I remember sitting there with some of the neighbours and my relatives and they come down and said well, he's passed away he's died <laughs> That day I felt like my world had ended. My hero had just died. It just made me so angry, confused. Just felt like someone flicked a switch inside my head. Um, life after that, just become a troublesome person after that I was angry I was confused all the time I never really spoke about my feelings to anybody um, I remember a few days after the after the funeral a lad older than me called me a bastard I was only young I didn't understand what the true meaning of the word bastard meant um, I went home I fetched a knife and I went back and I wanted to stab that kid I think that was my first interaction with a uh, psychiatrist shortly after that. Um, just got in trouble through my teens, left school. Heavily into drugs, um, class A drugs, her uh, not heroin, um, cocaine, ecstasy, speeds, going to raves, so on and so forth. Just led a chaotic lifestyle drugs, violence, trouble with the police, and that's how my, that's how my life sort of worked out until I was about 28-ish, around that sort of mark. Um, I ended up in care, three attempts on my life, <laughs> tried different medications for me, um, for psychotic behaviour, um, I ended up in care, came out of care, um, I became a single parent to my two little girls, my life, my life was still chaotic, um, doing crazy things, I had the support of professionals by this time, I'd got social services, I'd got a social work, a family liaison officer, um, kids were settled with me but I still wasn't really dealing with my problems properly um, 
you know, there were things which just set me off. I was diagnosed with PTSD, I was diagnosed with emotionally unstable personality disorder. Um, things would just trigger me for no reason whatsoever. Something I could smell, something, and it just my brain would start working overtime. Just be taken over by anger again. Um, stupid little things like I remember being in the house on my own. I'd got one on me, I was in deep thought of anger. Um, I remember a fly hitting me in the face while I was washing up. Something as stupid as that. And smashing my house to pieces over that. Just my house was destroyed, TV, glasses, everything. I smashed everything that day. And I remember phoning the social, um, social services, phoning my social worker family eyes and officer and begging them to put me back into care and they come round they help pick myself back up put the house back together reassured me I was just just having a moment and I could do it they believed in me um, along with a few other mates and that believed in me helped me helped me keep picking myself up and putting myself back together um, I went to psychology. Um, psychologist, if this woman ever watches this video, um, lady was her name was Vivian Hopkins. She believed in me, although that was a job to believe in people and take a neutral ground. To start with, I was in denial that there was anything wrong with me. Um, I was probably in denial about some of my actions, thinking it was okay. Um, but in the end, I saw she gave me the tools to help me turn my life around. Um, and that's what I did. My life's not fixed, my life's not perfect. <laughs> um, but it's better than what it was. I don't take the medication they give me because can't handle the side effects, it just turns me into something I'm not. Um, I don't even recognise myself when I take the medication. <coughs> My darkest days was when I was bottling everything up. I was going out, going out, I was abusing substances. I was causing trouble, I was my own worst enemy. I was on a path to self-destruction. Time after time after time. I did the same thing. Um, my life finally started changing for the better. When my circle of friends got a little bit smaller, um, worked out who was my friends, who wasn't my friends, who kind of brought out the best in me, who believed in me. Um, started believing in myself. For years I looked in that mirror and I hated that person I saw hated and hated myself. I blame myself for when my dad died for running away for years. Looking back now, it probably wasn't my fault, but it didn't make it any easier to swallow. That I, I felt like I'd let my dad down. I felt like I'd let myself down by being scared. You know, I'm older and I'm wiser now. I'm still 10 years, I was 10 years old at the time and I couldn't forgive myself. I couldn't forgive myself for running away that day. I couldn't forgive myself for being scared. 
So for me, where I'm at in my life now, I have difficulty if I let somebody down, I beat myself up. I beat myself up ten times harder. And probably that person feels like I've let them down. Um, I don't like being in rooms for lots of people. I get disorientated. The anger, anger just comes out of nowhere. Um, but I've evolved as a person. Started dealing with my problems a long time ago now. Um, talking about my problems, talking to my mates about my problems, allowing people to support me and help me, swallowing my pride. And my life has changed for the better. Um, it's not fixed, it's never going to be fixed. I'm always going to have these underlying problems, but I know how to manage my problems now. So the reason I made this video was to encourage other guys, no matter how big your problem is, no matter how small your problem is, no matter how alone you feel, just speak out, talk to your mates. Don't be that statistic of another male suicide. You know, I was nearly one of those statistics. I was resuscitated, and I'm glad I was now. I've got a beautiful family. Got a beautiful partner, six beautiful kids. I'm not bothered now. If people see me cry, I think, you know what? It doesn't make me any weaker. Just because you saw me cry today, doesn't mean I'm a fool, doesn't mean I'm weak. It's normal. It's okay to let these emotions out. It's when you're not letting these emotions out that you're going to start having problems, or I started having problems. So my message is, just look out for one another. Check on your mates. If their behaviour's not what it was, ask them, see if they're okay. Talk to them. You know, I'll be mindful of sitting there thinking mental health never applies to you. This is never, ever going to apply to you. It may never apply to you. It may apply to one of your close friends. It may apply to one of your kids. So just look out for one another. You know, mental health can come at any point in your life. I never planned to take. I never planned to commit suicide. I just, I was just hot-headed, and it happened. Luckily, I wasn't successful. Never be afraid to speak out and ask for help. No matter how big you are, how tough you think you are, I know deep down you've all got the same feelings. We're all human, we've all got the same emotions. It's what we do with them emotions. So, stay safe everybody. Look out for one another. You know, six years on now, I've evolved. Um, I run my own business, I have done for six years. I'm an advocate of mental health. I'm a co-founder of Mentalk. And we are gonna remove the stigma around mental health in men. 
we're going to encourage them, we're going to break down those barriers and show them it's, it's okay to talk, it's okay to be down, it's okay not to be okay. You're not on your own. So just speak out, look out for one another, love one another, check on your mates, and that's it. Stay safe. You're listening to the Mentalk Podcast. Want to feature on a future show? Then get in touch with the team at info at mentalk.online.